0: There's a real clarity to what we do. Every decision we make is is based on, you know, what's what's best for that, that guest experience. And I know it kind of sounds cliched and all that sort of stuff, but it's, it's actually really easy to make decisions based on that.
1: This is the Deep in the Weeds podcast. I'm Anthony Huckstep. When we think of restaurants, we often think of the food and the service as the lure. But the beverage offering can be just as vital. More and more we are seeing venues appearing where the beverage offering is as much the draw card as the food. Dan Clark is the co-owner of Brothwell's Bar and Grill, 1889 Enateca, and Adley Clark Fine Wines in Brisbane. Dan, how are you?
0: Very well and thank you for having me.
1: Oh, it's great to have you on the show. You've you've got three pretty incredible, very different venues, but the drinks list is almost the draw card for for these venues. Is is that the intention?
0: Uh, Not really. It's – I was was thinking about this before. I was thinking the best way to describe how I've arrived at where I am is actually just being driven by inquisitiveness and and passion for things. So I think – you know, the, particularly with Enateca, when we first started Enateca, that was a, that was a real focus for me to sort of introduce wines that I didn't think that um, guests would have would have seen before, and I got a real kick out of that. That was kind of the driving um, force. I want to have a Roman restaurant, but also I also wanted to to focus on on things that, that I really got off on, and I thought that guests, you know, would would enjoy as well. So that's. That's really how that that evolved. And I think Adley Clark was kind of um a stepping stone as well for that. I, I was introducing wines that I was thinking, wow, you know, this could this could go one of two ways. It could go everyone wants it or no one wants it and no one really understands it. And so it yeah, it's been a really interesting evolution. And then the third part of the story is Rothwell's, which is it's it's actually full circle for me. It, it's an opportunity for me to go all the way back to when I started, 25 years ago. What was important to me then, and it's still you know it's still current, um, and it's still important as well. So, yeah, it was uh, yeah it was never really my intention to push, you know, the wine side of things as far as it as it went. But in saying that, I'm I'm really proud of you know the three the three um, companies and and what they've been able to you know deliver so there you go the answer is the answer is no but i'm really glad that it's it's worked out that way well
1: uh you mentioned um 25 years ago and sort of for the full circle and returning to that what, what were your thoughts then and and do you want to take us back there and um tell us about that
0: yes yeah, yeah yeah absolutely so i was um Really fortunate to um, be offered a job in uh, a wine shop in Mayfair in London, that my brother-in-law was was running when we moved there just after I finished school, which would have been 1993. So, and I I knew absolutely nothing about wine. I knew I knew nothing. I was 18, you know, involved in what most 18-year-olds were was going out drinking beer and being silly and all that sort of stuff, and this company that my brother-in-law worked for were called Threshers and they had, I think they had hundreds of stores around the UK, but they had a really, really good training program. And that, you know, I think I'd been working there casually for maybe a couple of months and the opportunity came up to to go to one of these wet set courses. And that was basically the the thing that set me off on my journey, which was looking back on it now, I was thinking, I knew absolutely nothing about wine. And then the wet set courses were basically about European wine and then yeah I ended up knowing more about European wine than I did Australian wine and that kind of you know thinking back on it now that was you know an amazing way to start and probably you know steered me towards where I am now so yeah I there. 1993 a little shop in Shepherd's Market and in Mayfair in London and I was a very naive but enthusiastic young man from Brisbane in in the big city of London and learning all you know what it had to offer so that's that's basically where it started
1: you mentioned about what was important to you back then is important to you now T- tell us about this theory
0: yeah i well the things that i was sort of cut my teeth on with those those courses and what we used to sell in the shop were you know, classic things like champagne and Chablis and Bordeaux and Burgundy and Rhone and you know Germany and and I think, you know, you, when you first delve into that sort of thing, I think those those big make moments make a lasting impression. So when I first tasted or Svatern or Chablis, I thought, wow, this is this is amazing. And I, I looking back on it now, I I was really lucky that. I had some really good mentors around me as well that were were really into those things and they could see that I was taking an interest in it and pushing, you know, and not not pushing, but gently sort of saying, hey, maybe you should taste this or maybe you should taste that or maybe we should go to this tasting. So, yeah, I was was incredibly lucky. So, you know, full circle coming um, to do the wine list at Rothwell's, those things in my formative years, you know, they're really – Um, prevalent on the on the list at Rothwell's and it's really funny that 25 years ago those things were popular and they've sort of gone through you know peaks troughs and now they're all really really popular again which is great because it kind of you know just says to me that you know greatness is you know people always chase that sort of thing Grand Cru Chablis and Great Champagne and I I think it's great yeah so that's really exciting for me and you know, working with just an entirely Italian wine list at and is amazing and, I, you know, that's my passion. But I was always sort of hamstrung that I couldn't put on, you know, white Bordeaux or whatever it might be that I, you know, that I kind of drink at home that, you know, and that Rothwell's is kind of an outlet for that passion as well. And it's been fun collecting all those wines over the last couple of years to put on that list. There's been something, you know. People always say, oh, you know, what a job you've got. And I always sort of play it down a little bit and go, yeah, look, it's hard work like everything else. But the reality is that it's really fun. (laughs) Like, you know, it's it's not hard work. It is genuinely fun finding, you know, finding vintages that you might have tasted 25 years ago that, you know, are still drinking really well or, you know. So, yeah, still fun.
1: You mentioned twenty five years ago and that sort of step into the industry. What's been some of the real important sort of um, moments in the, in the first sort of decade of your career that sort of set you up for a path in hospitality?
0: There, there are a couple. I, there was, you know, that first course that I did when I was working at, at Thresher's in Mayfair, the wet set course. That was just the framework of, you know, knowing knowing what's what in Europe, and that that was really important. That foundation. and of education and then the first trip that we took to Italy that was that was basically set my whole career path on the on the the trajectory and you know find myself where I am now when I went to Rome with my mother and my father and um, my sister and I'd been working at the shop for a few months and we went to a few restaurants and that sort of thing and I just I just knew there and then the, the Italian wine was my was my thing and I really enjoyed the people and I enjoyed the stories. And I'm a bit of a, I'm a bit of a history nerd. And I think that, that history coupled with, you know, the people that I'd met, that just, that was, that was a real clincher for me. So that was really important. And then sort of fast forward maybe, you know, six or seven years when I was working for the great group in Brisbane, we, we had a, an amazing, um, group of people that worked for that company and they were right at the forefront of of great wine in Brisbane and Queensland and you know, the the guy that was running the company at the time, Tim Kelly who now owns the Wine and pouring, was a real mentor to me as well and Robert Hill Smith used to have this Yalumba museum tasting every three or four years and I'd heard about it from the guys. They said, if you ever get an opportunity, go to this thing just, you know, just jump at it so it came up one year and um Tim Kelly couldn't go and he said oh Dan would you like to go I said oh yeah yes please so that actually turned out to be the real um yeah marker in the sand for me too as far as knowing what great wine was like Robert Hill Smith's an incredibly intelligent very very generous guy and he he'd been buying wine like ridiculous wines, you know, for this tasting for years. Like things that you kind of think about now, like 1945 Mouton and just absolutely crazy ones that would be just completely unaffordable now. But he shared that with, you know, 20 or 30 um, industry professionals. And I, I, you know, I still see people around traps now and we, we talk about it. It's gotta be, it's gotta be 20 years ago. And so that that was really important. Um, you know, I, I got to know what, what real great wine was, and then you can judge everything else based on that. So, yeah, I think I've, I've still got my notes somewhere. I'll try and dig them out one day. But the, the wine's in there now. I just – if you try to buy those wines that he had, like there was a, a five um, vintage vertical of Shadow Akem going back to 1893 and, you know, just – Absolutely astronomical things, but you know I think that we got to we got to taste a, a Madeira from the seventeen um, hundreds. Like, <laughs> let's think about it now. I think I try and do my best with you know showing showing the people that work in the restaurants and the wholesale companies some great wine, but I, I just don't, I can't compete with that. So yeah, they probably they're the two things that really stand out. Um, in my career, in the in the early days, for sure.
1: 1889, Anateca made a huge impact. T- tell us about the creation of it and building a Roman restaurant in in Brisbane and and the building as well.
0: Yeah, it's that's a you know Anateca is a is a passion project. It really is like all those all those times that I've been to Rome for work or on holiday, and it just it, it's one of those cities. And you know, most people say it. I do. It's, you know, the history's outside and I really love that. I love the accessibility of it. I love the people. I love the food. And, you know, I just wanted to have something like that in Brisbane and I don't think that at that time anyone was, was doing cacio e pepe or, um, you know, bucatini alla machucana or anything like that. And I thought, well, this food is delicious, so any food that's delicious is going to, you know, strike a chord with with someone I just hope that it's you know enough people to to um, to make it work. So that that's how that came apart uh, came came to be, and the wine list was you know things that I I've seen and drunk in Italy that weren't available in Australia. I thought well, you know maybe this is an avenue for Adley Clark to to import these things and see if anyone else wants it. And so you know that it was it was interesting to start to. Um, open those things and for people to try them so if you think you know 10 11 12 years ago when we were you know we had radicon and you know macerated orange wine that you know people traditionally turn their nose up at people were really open to it i think anyone that's you know interested in wine is is happy to taste anything so there was that whole natural wine um, revolution was going on at that time so that it was a really exciting time to introduce, you know, different producers and, um, yeah, so that, that that was really interesting. And the Cachoe Pepe and, and that sort of thing that I look back on it now and I think it, you know, I'm going to pat myself on the back, but I think like that long ago, as silly as it sounds now, you know, Cachoe Pepe and a glass of Radicon Ribola gialla was pretty cool. And I think... You know, Miffy Miffy Rigby came up one day and sat at the bar, and and that's what she had. And she said, "This is amazing. <laughs> just you know, is um, I don't think anyone else is doing this." And I thought, well, you know what? That's a really, you know, that was a that was a a nice moment for us, and really humbling, and you know, it just sort of confirmed that we were we were doing something that we were passionate about, and other people were really got into. So. To, um, to go back one step, the, the building itself it was built in 1889, and I'd always known that area of Wool and Gabba from when I was a kid because it's across the road from, the, from the, um, the Gabba, the cricket ground. So it's a really interesting street that had never been developed because there was no real commercial value for developers to develop that. So most of the buildings in that area are heritage listed. So we were really lucky that we were putting something, you know, with a bit of history in a heritage building that that just, you know, was really seamless. Like you didn't have to work in character to to a characterful um, environment, which was kind of looking back on it now, which was, you know, which is perfect. So, yeah, that's, that's how that whole thing evolved. And, you know, we're still on that path as well, like, you know, just, Really good Roman food with with terrific Italian wines, and yeah, it's it's still really um, exciting now. Like it'll be 14 years on September the 11th this year, so yeah, and it's interesting to see what the evolution of things too over those 14 years. Like we've pretty much stayed the same, but try to remain relevant as well. Um, but, yeah, to watch things that what opened 14 years ago to what's open now, it's, it's kind of crazy. And it's actually really humbling that, to think that, you know, our guests still really, really enjoy it. And I think that's a testament to the food and, you know, the guys that we've got taking care of the place as well.
1: How did Rothwell's come about? Well,
0: Rothwell's is a thing I've kind of had in the back of my mind for a, probably last six or seven years like pre COVID when we all used to travel and, you know, kind of took it for granted. But <laughs> I worked out very, very early on in, in COVID. Um the the light bulb moment was that um we got to have Christmas lunch at Gordon Ramsay's Savoy Grill, I think it might have been 2018 mm-hmm. Christmas. And we had such a great time. I had my mum and dad, my my three daughters and my wife and it was just like you couldn't have scripted a, a better Christmas day. It was just beautiful. The food was amazing. That room's got such, um, such history, and you know we were taken really well care of. And I and I'm thinking, well, it'd be great to have something like that back home. You know, not not, you know, not as um, upmarket or anything like that. A little bit more accessible and a little bit more egalitarian. But I thought that just the beef Wellington. I thought it's such a Great dish, but it's such a you know hard dish to to nail that I'll have to find someone that is you know has those sort of um, skills and and interest. And mm-hmm. funny enough, Ben Russell, I've known Ben Russell for for quite a long time like, through ARIA in Brisbane, and we always got on really really well. And I said to him, it must have been God, the start of last year. There's a great space in Edward Street that's for lease. Um, you know, I think I think this could be a great restaurant. It's a great position, it's a beautiful old building. Here's what I like. And even before I said Beef Wellington, Ben said, I reckon we should do Beef Wellington. And I went, There you go. All right, we're doing that. So that was yeah, that was like a lightning bolt moment. And between the two of us, a lot of the restaurants in that sort of ilk we both really enjoyed. So we, you know, we when we were doing the menu. It was all based around classics and things that really inspired us a bit like um, the wine list the things that when we first started that were really important to us, like for instance the Nishwa salad on the on the on the menu ben Ben was making that twenty years ago when he was working on boats in the Mediterranean so it's got a bit of it's got a bit of um, inspiration from different parts of our careers um, on yeah on that menu and I think people. You know, I've, I've really uh, warmed to it, you know, because it's genuine. It's not something that's contrived or, you know, it's not this, you know, oh, I think we can make lots of money doing this. It's genuinely something that we both are passionate about and love doing. So, yeah, and the other thing that, uh, funny enough, tied it all back together is that uh, Luca Bricky, who who runs Rothwells, um, he worked for me for a long time at, um, at Enerteca. And he, you know, being Italian, he just he loves taking care of people. And I know that sounds kind of shmummy, but that's that's you know intrinsic to their culture is to take care of people. So we've got this kind of great, you know, uh, you know team between the three of us. One's really into the food, one's really into the wine, and one's really into the guests. You know, so kind of that's that's why that that's why that works. So yeah, that's that's been really exciting, and that's you know not been without its challenges either. Like you know we opened just after a lockdown and pre-floods and all that sort of stuff. So you know it's as I said, it's not been without its challenges. But the, you know not the challenges aren't the patronage or the or the feedback from the guests, which is you know ultimately what it's about.
1: You've been a big part of Brisbane's food evolution over the last couple of decades. How have you seen it grow?
0: Uh, it's been amazing. it's it's been amazing. i I have a bit to do with Philip Johnson from Echo. We actually, funny enough, we we go to the gym together. <laughs> so we can't get away from restaurants anytime we ever talk. but he he was a real inspiration for me as well, and it's actually really great to know him on a personal level and anything that I you know I have no idea about something or or you know want his feedback or whatever it might be. I I really look up Philip I think he's 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 a terrific guy he's a great chef and he he was the guy that really um you know highlighted that you can have a a, a really great restaurant in Brisbane so you know Echo One Gourmet Traveler Restaurant of the Year I think it might have been like late 90s or mid 90s like it's a long time ago and that for Brisbane was a really big deal because you know he where he was too at the end of adelaide street was basically no man's land so he was in no man's land he was australia's best restaurant and he was the most humble you know down to earth guy i thought that's you know you want to base yourself on on anyone or anything you know philip philip was the guy so and then i think you know, Brisbane was always centred around the river, so you had a lot of institutions like Il Centro and Cha 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 and those those big seat restaurants. So, you know, Andy George's from Il Centro was another guy that I had a bit to do with as well, and I always really looked up to him as well because he just had the most loyal following. Every guest loved Andy, and Andy made everyone feel really special and really welcome. And, you know, so that maybe subconsciously that was you know, that part of the server side um, that, you know, we, we we really aspire to came from Andy as well. Um, so there was that and then um, after that we, you know, Enateca won Australia's best wine list it was the first time that, you know, a Brisbane restaurant had ever won that award, which was amazing. I had absolutely no expectation or, you know, thought, we were vaguely a chance of winning and the guys from Gourmet Traveller said, oh, come down to Melbourne and, you know, you'll have a great night. We're going to Flower Drum and we'll have a few drinks and it'll be great. And I thought, well, you know what, there are a lot of people there that I really like and we can have a good time. And, um, and yeah, we ended up winning it, which was just amazing. Like, I, as I said, I had absolutely no expectations or, you know, I was just doing something that I really was passionate about and, and really loved doing. And so that. That was amazing, but even you know that the year after it was Simon Hill's Spanish restaurant ended up winning Australia's Best Restaurant. So two back to back years that that was a real uh, feather in, in Brisbane's cat for sure. And then probably I think the last sort of five years have been really interesting. I had a lot of younger guys come in into the market with um, you know um, you know Yoko and and Greca and you know. Yeah, Jono's done a really great job with those, and um, then you got Ty, you know, doing his things with um, same same, and so there's some there's some real vibrancy to it as well. So I I think at the moment it's a really good mix of um, different offerings and different operators with different uh, philosophies, and so yeah, I think it's it's about as interesting as it's ever been for guests, which is. Which is great because you know you can you can go to a lot of restaurants and and have a really good time, whereas I think previously that it was a bit harder. You know you had you know really good operators like Paolo Biscaro at Beccafino and Alex Julius, who came from you know hospitality um, backgrounds in Melbourne that worked for great guys like you know Morris Tazzini and so there, there's that kind of school, and then you know as I said. The Sydney School with Jono and you know Grecker and and that sort of thing and so yeah I think at the moment it's it's really interesting and I think you know the Olympics coming up in twenty thirty two are really um, up the ante for people to come into Brisbane and um, you know try and basically um, take a share of it so that that's probably the next the next thing. Um, and we're seeing that at the moment with, you know, um, Eagle Street Pier being demolished and, and redone with lots of restaurants. And then we've got um, the casino precinct opening in the next year or whatever it may be. So, yeah, it's a, it's, a, it's a really interesting time for Brisbane diners. And as I said, I think everyone's really up their game to, to make sure that, you know, if diners dine in their, in their restaurants, that they have a good time
1: yeah the brisbane's climate is um vastly different to that of other um centers like melbourne or sydney um does, does that does that speak to the sort of beverage and food offering in regards to restaurants is it is the climate something that that affects what you do
0: yeah oh definitely absolutely i think um it's really funny that, you know, everyone in Brisbane is just used to being hot and, and, and sweaty, you know, the humidity over the last because it's been raining so much. It's just, it's been ridiculous. Summer was really sticky. And, you know, I've lived here most of my life and I, I said to my wife, this is, this is almost unbearable. It's like living in the tropics. You know, we're in the subtropics. We don't expect that. But, yeah, I think a lot of the food offerings and, and definitely the beverage um, offerings have been a lot more thoughtful. Definitely, you know, to cater to that um, being light, bright, um, you know, not as heavy. um, Yeah, that's that's definitely a, a consideration that people are really, you know, tying into. And I think, you know, on the flip side of that, people in Brisbane love to get dressed up in warm clothes for whatever it might be those three months of the year. So, you know, the more cozy sort of venues where you can pretend that you're in, you know, London or New York or Melbourne or whatever is kind of a, um, it's a novelty for Brisbane as well. So it's kind of funny. You, you watch that, you know, spring, summer, spring, summer menus, you know, everything's light and bright. And then as soon as the weather changes just slightly, everyone comes out, you know, expecting, you know, Osabuco and, you know, all these really rich and decadent and heavy, you know, hearty sort of things. So, yeah, but obviously, you know, the majority of of the year it, it's it's hot, so that's how you you know you want to eat light, bright, and fresh. So you know, that's why seafood's so popular in Queensland as well. Like, you know, on our doorstep we've got some of the most amazing, mm. amazing seafood in Australia. So, you know that that's really prevalent on those spring and summer menus for sure.
1: The last two years have had their challenges for everyone on the planet and, and, and those in the hospitality sector. But how, how have you come out of that? Do you approach what you do a bit differently as a result of what's happened?
0: Oh, definitely. Yeah, I I think, you know, that just the constant being on guard of things can change at, at the drop of a hat has been um, it's a good skill to have but I think you know that that's really personally really worn me down. Like you constantly have to think, okay, that's happening. How do we deal with that? How do we make that situation work for us and for our guests? So that's been that's been really difficult. I'm not going to lie. Like it hasn't it, not so much on on the f- financial stabilities of the businesses. It's just the constant um, rethinking and reworking of things that you previously did. You know that were that worked and were were comfortable. So, you know, for instance, when the first lockdown happened, you know we we had a meeting at Enatech and said, okay, what are what are the options? Okay, we'll do takeaway. Okay, how does that work? It's pick up only because we don't want you know delivery drivers handling our food and we want to keep keep the integrity and the quality of our food. So, okay, how are we going to do that? So we had to find a an app. To put the menu on, and then we had to go out to people on our direct email, saying here, here's what we're doing, and our socials were really important. So, it, it's a lot of work. Like it's, it's a, you know, that's a thing that I think, um, thinking about it now, that just the sheer volume of work was it was really heavy, like incredibly heavy. So, any time that you got a break from not having to make a a, a quick decision it was a godsend but like, so yeah it, it as I said financially no drama because everyone guests were amazing Like, if you know as soon as I could come back into the restaurants they came back in really hard and they were super appreciative of being taken care of and just being there so that was really good but as I'm saying just from a business owner's point of view yeah it was it was very difficult.
1: You've uh, got a couple of pretty incredible venues in Brisbane. Do, do you have any plans um, in the next couple of years?
0: Yeah, I think I'd like to do one more. I'm 47 this year, so I think I've, I think I've got, <laughs> I think I've got one more in me. So you know, I definitely like to do something, um, you know, down on the river with the new development with Dexus. I think it's a great, it's a great part of Brisbane. You know there's there's multiple opportunities to do something down there. So it'll be, I don't know what it is yet, but I'm sure I'll, um, you know, something that I'm passionate about will will pop up in my head and I'll, I'll go all guns blazing into it like I've, like I've done everything else without actually, uh, you know, and I think, you know, that served me really well being, you know, passionate about things. You, I think you're passionate about, you're driven um, and you've got a real clarity on, on what you actually want to deliver, and I think that's that was actually looking back on it now. The Rothwell's thing was 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 not easy, but it was, just having clarity on you know what what it was and what I wanted it to do and how people could use it was was actually a lot easier than Eneteka, to be honest. Um, yeah. So yeah, I'd, I'd I'd like to do one more, and I think I've got three daughters, so you know, maybe when they're a bit older, <laughs> you know, there's one each of them, you know, they can choose which one they want to want to work in if that's what they want to do. And so, yeah, that's, yeah, definitely one more. And I think, you know, the wine side of things for me too is kind of an un unfulfilled um, dream that I've always had. I just always really wanted to have one great wine shop, you know, like spending a lot of time in London, like Berry Brothers and Rudd and, those sort of stores always were really um, an inspiration to me. So maybe, you know, that's something else down the track as well. But I'm always always inspired by other people and I think, you know, not being able to travel for the last I – haven't, I haven't had a real holiday for three years. So that, you know, being, being inspired by places and meeting people and that sort of thing, I think, you know, next time I go on holidays, which is at the end of June, which I – I'm the most excited I've ever been to actually go on holiday um, that, that maybe that'll that'll sort of set things set things alight for me so you know I can't wait
1: well you got hooked on the industry a couple of decades ago now and you've had um, the most incredible impact on brisbane what do you love about what you do
0: um, I, the the satisfaction of people just coming to me and saying that wine was was amazing or um, you know, we went to Rothwell's and we had the beef Wellington, or just that—that that really great um, feedback is is really humbling. And that's that's one thing I've really sort of taken out the last few few years is, you know, enjoy enjoy the wins and all that sort of thing. But being humble and still working still working really hard is important as well. I think, you know, if you get too far ahead of yourself, you don't you can't see all those those things that have actually made an impact on people, even if it's really small, I, I think that's really important and that's that's a thing I actually really loved about restaurants. I think, you know, they're, they're places where people, you know, gather to celebrate or commiserate or w- whatever it is. I think that's a thing that I really missed at the start of the, the lockdown, that just being able to go out with friends and, you know, whatever it is that you... you, you You know the conversations that you have, or the new people that you meet. I think you know that's why restaurants are so important to the to the fabric of 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 cities. And that's yeah. And honestly, that's that's my greatest satisfaction. Is you know if I'm in a social setting or whatever it might be, and someone says, "Oh, what do you do?" So I you know own restaurants and work with wine, and they go, "Wow!" And then you say. You know, and they say, "Oh, what restaurants?" And I say, "Oh, I got Enotech and Rothwell's." And they, it's like they look at you and you, you know, you know, you've, you've created fire or something. They think you're the most amazing person. So, I, you know, I've discovered fire. That I still, I get a really, I get a kick out of that. And as I said, it's really humbling. And you know, and it, like, like you know, you you don't always get things right. But my thing is that. I'm always learning. I'm inquisitive, and I always try and get better at at what I do, whether that's a product or my mentality or what it, whatever it might be. I think, um, uh, you know, our guys, as I said, there's a, li- a real clarity to what we do. Every decision we make is is based on, you know, what's what's best for that that guest experience. And I know it kind of sounds clichéd and all that sort of stuff, but it's it's actually really easy to make. Decisions based on that, like it's it's really simple, but you know they're the are the sort of things that I've learnt from Phil Johnson and Andy at Echo and you know those those sort of guys. So yeah, that's just yeah just being recognised as as having a great restaurant that's given someone a a, a really good memory. That's that's awesome. I think that's that's the best thing about it.
1: Well, Dan, it's been an absolute pleasure to have you on Deep in the Weeds today to hear just a bit of your story. Um, please keep in touch and we'll have to catch up again soon.
0: I really appreciate you having me and uh, thanks for listening to me rabble on because <laughs> I can I can really rabble on sometimes, but that's great. Thanks very much. Cheers.
1: This is the Deep in the Weeds podcast. I'm Anthony Huckstep.